Hello and welcome to Data Driven. In this episode Frank interviews Jack Tompkins, partner and founder of Pineapple Consulting Firm, a company that turns data into visualizations, allowing their clients to make more informed strategic choices. Jack has now taken the analytical, financial, and partnership skills he's honed over his career and offers them to small and medium-sized businesses that know how powerful data can be but don't have the internal resources to turn their data into a powerful business asset. Due to a scheduling conflict, Andy was not able to be on this episode, but fear not dear listener. There's an Andy-only show coming up. Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. If you'd like to think of us, uh, you can think of us like car talk because we focus on where the rubber meets the road. Uh, Andy has had a uh, scheduling conflict. Andy's kind of a popular guy, and um, so he's not going to be able to join us today. But I did not want to reschedule this podcast because we've already rescheduled it a couple of times. Um, So with me on the show today is Jack Tompkins, a business analyst, consultant, entrepreneur. And um, he's he's the owner of Pineapple Consulting uh, based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And he helps customers analyze and visualize their data in interactive dashboards so you can get all of the insights from your data without actually touching it. His goal is to help you uh, grow profitably while giving your data a seat at the table and becoming a bit more data-driven. Data-driven is a term we are certainly fond of here at the Data-Driven Podcast. Welcome to the show, Jack. Uh, You know, I knew I felt like home. It's great to be here, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're watching the video version of this, you'll notice that um, uh, Jack has quite the pineapple collection. Um, And I'm assuming that has to do with Pineapple Consulting Firm. uh, That is correct. Your company. Cool. How did that name come about? I'm curious. Yeah, so it's um, data for people who aren't on this podcast or listening to it, the rest of the world. Uh, data is not their favorite subject for whatever reason. I don't understand it, but we're apparently in the minority. And pineapple to me is always, it's a Southern, it's a Southern hospitality thing. Being based out of Charlotte, I want to embrace that. And it's also, it's not a vacation for me, which is kind of that relaxing feeling. I wanted to kind of pair that up and uh, give that business owner that I help that feeling of being on a beach, drinking a pina colada on vacation um, and help them get there without or through the use of data. So it's kind of a nice Oh my God, data scary and holy crap, vacations relaxing pairing. Interesting. I thought it might have been that pineapples look scary on the in, the outside, but they're delicious on the inside. That's a good one. That's a good one. Feel free to use it. Yeah, I will. Thank you. <laughs> Next pina colada is on you. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so talk to me more about these interactive dashboards. Um, what, because it's interesting because uh, there's a lot to unpack here, but a lot of folks see data visualization as, I want to say secondary or almost not a real science, which I totally disagree with that. What would you say, um, or not a real profession is kind of the, the vibe I got. What, I think that's false, but you know, what would you say to someone who said that to you? Uh, I would say it is still a growing field, so I can understand the skepticism, but you show me columns and rows in Excel or a database versus a dashboard, and you tell me which one's easier to look at. The visualization of it, the pretty pictures and the people's brand colors and the 
trend graphs and everything like that, it makes data feel less like data and it makes kind of the whole world be able to understand whatever the data is telling them. So it's still a growing field. I, uh, in my small business that I run and small businesses that I work with, um, it's becoming more mainstream, but it is certainly not the corporate level of data driven dashboards, but um, it's, it's getting there. And it's, it's, I think it's a really cool thing because the data visualization is what makes data useful in my opinion. Yeah, there's definitely something to that because when you, I like to say that data can always tell a story, but if you can't read the book or don't want to read the book, then it's not going to do anything for you. And most people, like you said, they're not excited by, about data. Um, they're certainly not going to be excited by rows and columns. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, a trend line, even something as simple as a bar chart, which I think I think a lot of people, and I disagree with this, but like they think that data visualization is about charts and graphs. And but but, tell me what's what in your opinion? What's the difference between kind of, you know, the the Excel or Lotus one two three you know charts and graphs that we've had for decades versus dashboards? What what in your mind? What's the difference? So you can you can easily tell a full story with a dashboard. You're doing a simple Excel chart. That's part of a dashboard, but it's not. It's probably not the full picture, and it's probably not looping in all the data that you want. Um, the dashboard. I mean, think of something that's uh, probably web-based, probably automated in the best case scenario. If it's not, not a big deal. But obviously, that's best case. But it loops in a bunch of different data. It drives the business decision that you're looking to drive. It's not just looking at data for the sake of data. And it has that feel to it that's, it's sort of a deep breath because when you see it, it's, it's got what you need. You can understand your entire business performance that you're looking at in 15 seconds just by looking at a dashboard. If you have one or two graphs in Excel, it's probably not going to tell you that uh, level of detail or that uh, level of importance either. And so there's, I think you can eventually get there with things like Excel, but um, it does take a fair amount more work. And it's probably not going to be automated. Probably not going to have multiple different data sources going in there. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, what do you see? How did we get here? Like, how did we get to the notion of dashboards? Like, I, I'm not, you know, how do we? How did we get here from? What uh, What I'm basically asking is like, what What was the cart and what was the horse? And you know, was the cart the new shiny technologies that we have, the amount of data that we can slice and dice, or was it the real need for people in the C-suite to say, I need to know what's going on in my business? And then just the Excel spreadsheet with a couple of nice pictures wasn't cutting it. Like what, or, or, it, it, or that's just a completely nonsensical question. No, I think it's a good question because it's, it's what's the driver and where did this all come from, right? And mm -hmm. data has, I'll say always with a big caveat, but always been there in some fashion. It has not always been digestible. And so I think kind of option two of what you're saying, Frank, the C-suite saying, look, I'm not going to look at a bunch of columns and rows. I'm not going to even open Excel. You give me, you know, back in the, in the old days, if you will give me a printout of something that I can understand and read on the way to my next meeting, 
that's where dashboards come in. That's where business intelligence, that's where data visualization comes in because I, and I have no idea it was in the C-suite years, years ago, but I would imagine, and this is my experience too, that if you only have a couple minutes before a meeting or you need to digest something that's really complex really quickly, looking at the matrix, right? When it's just ones and zeros and data and blah, 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 can't get anything from that. Looking at a picture with a performance indicator that says you're up 3.4% and your profit is down 1.2% and it's because of X, Y, Z, and it's all right there in 15 seconds. I think that was the need that drove data visualization and said, let's actually do something with this data. Let's not just store it out there somewhere where only coders and data analysts can get at it. Let's make it available to anybody that's financially driven or data driven or anything like that. Let's make it understandable for everybody. Interesting. Um, one of the interesting, and I, I think that we, we put too much emphasis on tools like Excel. We put too much emphasis on the tools in general, right? But that's what engineers do. And, um, but what's interesting was I was having this debate with somebody who worked at, it was an old timer from the defense industry, right? I live in a DC area. I tend to bump into those folks a lot. And he was saying that, you know, this idea of, you know, data visualization, real-time visualization, yeah, it's cool and all, but it's kind of a fad. And I was like, I totally disagree, um, obviously. Uh, but I also point out, you know, it's like, you know, I've seen these old-time movies set in World War II or even in the Napoleonic times, right? What do they have? They have the generals all around a table on a map, and they have little, not action figures, but little, like, you know, chips or whatever representing uh, different different units and in a sense that is a that's a that's a pre-digital dashboard yeah yeah it's something visual right and i think we're visual creatures you know like yeah. the majority of us you know some of us actually do like the numbers and the data but you know um like you said you know they're not the ones typically uh just the rules of probability mean we're not going to end up <laughs> it's going to be a rare day when we end up in the c-suite um right. <laughs> that sounded bad but you 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 took the spirit of it i think statistically yeah <laughs> statistically it's um, no it's a good it's a good point though there's there's the article out there that's like florence nightingale who documented uh -huh. the causes of death and whatever war it was i forget but she made this data visualization thing and she found out that most people weren't dying because of getting shot or stabbed or anything like that it was more diseases and so they you know revamped their strategy to combat diseases a little bit more and it apparently drove quite the decision to change an entire battle or wars mindset just because she made a visual and she took right. notes i think it's also easy to tell the story once you have a prop or something like that it sets a it's just like a backdrop for the story to tell yeah yeah that's again we're a visual creature i think I know we're like 65% or something of people are visual learners, but mm -hmm. guarantee 100% of people understand a giant red down arrow that says this number is worse than it was last month, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty obvious too. But I mean, it goes to, you know, if you look at everday design or industrial design, everyday objects, right? It was red light, green light, yellow light. Like these are all things that those were chosen, those colors were chosen for reasons large and small. and you know, uh, it's an interesting, and I, even the idea, the term dashboard, right? What do you think about car, right? Exactly. And why were why does a car dashboard show you just kind of the 
the the essentials how fast you're going your fuel um temperature and if you're in a fancy car it tells you you know your tachometer which is your rpm like um because your your focus should be on driving right not hey you know what's my you know what's my average fuel spend or whatever you know how much fuel am i consuming at the moment it's nice to know that information but you you want to just glance at it and then i think i think that's I think that's a lot of folks are confused by the term dashboard, and I, that's what I tell them. Hopefully, I'm correct. No, you are. I've actually used that same exact example where it's the C-suite person. You keep not driving the car, but driving the business. And here's a quick pull check on how everything's doing. If your temperature looks okay and there's no red lights, like you know, in cars are called the idiot lights, like the check engine that's blinking at you. If there's none of those, then you're good. Keep working on the strategy. Keep building it. And I right. think that's a perfect example. Interesting. And in 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 kind of um, your your one sheet here, there was a term that really struck out to me because I'm unfamiliar with it. So you talk about business intelligence tools, Excel. Obviously, everyone knows Excel. Uh, full disclosure: I worked at Microsoft for ten years. When I think of the dashboards and stuff, I go immediately to Power BI. Mm -hmm. um, but now that I'm no longer there, <laughs> I'm free to explore other tech. You mentioned Google Data Studio. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. So it's Google's version of Power BI or Tableau or pick your favorite other BI mm -hmm. tool. Um, it's it's free, which is really cool for a lot of small business clients um, because they, you know, when they, they bring me on, they are just paying for labor at that point, right? Just for me to kind of build the thing. Um, it does probably 60 to 70% of what a Power BI does. So it's, it's not quite as powerful, but if you're just linking up to a data source, making it visual with a couple pages or um, linking up to a Google Analytics is, I mean, Kind of originally what it was made for google loves google obviously um <laughs> it's it's just another power bi or it's another bi tool i use it all the time it is easy very easy to use like you'd expect from google and there's a whole lot of pros to it but again if you're looking for some for some really really in-depth stuff it is probably only 60 to 70 percent of what a power bi does but it's free do, do they have like a pay version that has all that extra stuff or they're still building it no, I think they're probably still building it. Um, I haven't seen any releases of a paid version coming. Um, there's a lot of like third-party data connectors that may be more commonplace in Power BI and Tableau that you would have to pay for in Data Studio. But I think their model is if you only need it to connect to Google Analytics and Google Sheets and stuff, great, here it is, here's a free version. You can make some very, very beautiful looking dashboards in there. And like it, like I said, it's it's pretty easy to use. It's pretty easy to share with clients and customers too. So you mentioned a couple of times small businesses. Is that is that who your primary customer is? Small businesses? Yeah, yeah. Typically in the range of you know ten to hundred employees or so. Um, I've gone above and below that range, of course, but that's a typical size. So what are their reactions? Like, how do you how do they see the the idea of a data driven kind of enterprise it's daunting <laughs> it's scary it is because it's you know they got into business because they're trusting their gut and they're moving along and they've got a small team at that point or maybe even a middle management team if you get towards the hundred employees but um getting to that next level of being data driven is not something that a lot of people want to think about however the the more i talk with different businesses and different industries and 
I mean, I'm in manufacturing, logistics, marketing agencies, and kind of across the board. The more that people want to be data driven, but also want nothing to do with the data. They just want them to come in, give them the dashboard, tell me how my business is doing, or show me how my business is doing rather, and I'll make decisions based on that. So there's there's a desire, but it's it's definitely a daunting notion to dive in and get deeper into the data. That's interesting. So so what do people what sorts of data do they have? I mean, do, I mean, does this integrate? You mentioned Google Analytics, so I'm assuming this is primarily going to be off their website traffic mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, and also, I guess the types of data sources that they're using probably depends on the types of businesses. Um, you know, a, a retail company is probably going to want to track social and website traffic. Um, a restaurant would too, I guess. But you know, we're, whereas a manufacturing company is probably going to want to track what are the machines doing or that sort right. of thing. Yep, that efficiency type stuff. Yeah, um, a lot of people. It's it's kind of basic. It doesn't even feel like data, but it's, it's Google Analytics, which is the website traffic is very common for me to link up to. Uh, QuickBooks. Financials, okay. very common for me to look up to. A um, couple other financial software too, but QuickBooks is obviously the big one. Um, CRMs, customer relationship management, um, that's a common one. And then there's always some industry specific things that uh, obviously different industries have. And that to your point could be the manufacturing, operational efficiency or machine use time type statistics or, or data. Um, and so it's stuff that they're, they're using I wouldn't even say for another reason, but it, it's multifaceted and it stores the data in something that they're not really, the data wasn't their first primary driver for getting that software. It was, let me just make sure I can take invoices with QuickBooks, right? And then, oh, by the way, I can do whatever I want with this financial performance. I kind of export the data and send it into a dashboard. Well, it's funny because even I didn't think of CRM or QuickBooks as a data source, right? As the engineer, I went straight to sensor logs from IoT devices, and right. But you know, uh, but you're right. I mean, a CRM is kind of table stakes, and you know, QuickBooks, you need some kind of accounting system, right? Like, um, that's interesting. So, so do, do what do your customers say? Are they like, well, we're not tracking any kind of data? Like, is that what they say? Or, and that, like, how does that how does that conversation unfold? Yeah, it's always kind of fun for me because most of them don't consider themselves data driven however when we go and say all right that most of my conversation focus on all right let's start with one big thing you want to you want to scale right so if you, if you need to scale then for a consulting business you need to focus on your hourly rate right because your time's your inventory blah blah so the conversation conversation around the one big thing and they already in their minds have some numbers floating around in their head because they they kind of know it instinctively and say well my gross margin should be around like 74 percent to 78 percent like okay so you already know that financial data let's just put that into a dashboard and put some support around it and i i think it's actually surprising for them when we go through the conversation they realize how truly data-driven they are without calling themselves data-driven and then it is a massive eye-opening moment when they actually see their data, you know, in their brand colors, in something that doesn't even feel like data, but they're going to use it every single day and look at the trend lines and look at some pretty simple visuals that tell a, tell a pretty important story about their business. Interesting. Do you have a typical industry you focus on or is it kind of more business size? More business size. Um, 
I would say a lot of other consultants kind of partner up with me and I, you know, their clients are kind of all over the place. I've got, like I said, marketing, uh, manufacturing, logistics, promotional products, all sorts of different industries, but, uh, another consultant is normally a good lead in for me. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what are the reactions like, you know, kind of when they, when they realize like, is it shock? Is it awe? Or is it like, they're like, wow, we're more advanced than we thought we were. Yeah. They're like kind of giving themselves a pat on the back, which is good. <laughs> they should. <laughs> right. 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 Um, but it is kind of, it's kind of cool to see that. And then, and they love actually being able to see the data, like I said, and, um, it being data driven again is a daunting thing, but when they actually see it and are experiencing it, it's actually not scary at all. And they end up relying on it and then admit to themselves and their teams that no, we're, we're actually a pretty data driven company and we like it. Interesting. Yeah. And I assume that there's a significant ROI or like just, you know, stress level reduction in terms of, uh, for the customers. Yeah, I would say the biggest tangible piece is actually a time-saving thing because if they were trying to put everything together and downloading CSVs and matching them up and blah, 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 I had one client who was doing something that took four hours a week that was just essentially comparing actual versus uh, budget, pretty standard stuff, but take four hours a week. And, you know, we built this whole dashboard and it takes them 10 minutes now to get the data in there, which is still not automated, but it's a heck of a lot better than four hours. But um Time saving is the biggest tangible thing. The just the ah, the deep breath moment and the confidence that comes with it is a bit more qualitative, but um, it, it certainly factors into the ROI equation. Absolutely. Interesting. Um, so you started off as a as a corporate analyst. Correct. Yeah. And is that where you kind of built up your Excel and Google Data Studio uh, skills? Definitely Excel. Um, I did Tableau in my corporate analyst job too. Um, didn't even touch it. Just didn't even know it existed until I started my own business. And now it's kind of a pillar to to what I deliver, which is kind of fun. But yeah, started in the corporate world, and you know, very much like a lot of entrepreneurs, it was cool. I love these skills, but I don't love the corporate world. And so I kind of set off out on my own and used what I was already doing to present to my boss's boss's boss. And kind of like I was saying earlier, the the c-suite person who was on the way to the next meeting but needed to know the answer that was a that was an actual experience that i had several times um, talking with some people and being the analyst for some folks that were in that position they just they needed a quick quick answer that showed them the exact request and the exact analysts they were looking for and that was a dashboard nice yeah interesting um what are your recommendations for folks that have a business or they, they want, obviously people listen to the show, they're already in the field, <laughs> but like this whole notion of, it seems like what you're doing is um, data democratization, right? You know, the big companies of the world, the, the Exxon mobiles, the, you know, fortune 500 are clearly going to have best tools available, mm -hmm. but the smaller companies, it seems like tools like, you know, Google Data Studio, which is free. Uh, it seems like this is enabling kind of much more because the data and the methodologies are out there. A lot of it's open source and a lot of it is. It's really interesting to see how this has went from being a very small field to now table stakes. 
as they said. I think that's exactly right. It's it's completely table stakes. And it's to your point, it's it's very mainstream in the corporate world. They have the best stuff. They have a team of analysts working on it. The small businesses, um, definitely not mainstream yet. And it's something that's certainly growing and people are kind of understanding a bit more. And um, part of my my mission, if you will, for being on podcasts and doing all the speaking that I do and running the business that I do is to kind of get the word out there. And it's I'm by no means selling myself. It's more selling data and dashboards because the more people do that, the more small businesses are running more efficiently and, and kind of all good stuff from it. But even just in the past, I've been running the company full time for two, two and a half years now. When I first started, I would do my little elevator pitch and I'd explain what a dashboard is. Now, I would say at least half the time people come to me and say, hey, I want a dashboard that tells me X, Y, Z. And so just that switch of what the heck's a dashboard to, I want a dashboard that tells me this, is, is really, really cool to see in the small business world. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what... What's the role of storytelling, do you think, in data visualization and dashboards? Are they, are they inseparable or are they discrete? Uh, I think they're discrete units, but like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, they're, they're definitely discrete. They're definitely linked too, uh, which I know is kind of an oxymoron, but um, talking to the pre-show, Frank, a little bit, but gave a presentation earlier today. And the, the thing that we kept coming back to was if you're looking at data for the sake of looking at data, who cares, right? I used to track my meeting time and I was like, man, I'm spending a lot of time in meeting. I already want less meetings. There's no business decision coming from tracking my meeting time. So I switched to tracking my billable hour time, right? Big difference there can actually drive a decision from that. So the role of storytelling is really the role of tying back to a business goal. Data is great, data is important. If it's not tied to a business goal, it's not helping you drive a decision and telling you the story of what's happening in your business that leads you to that next decision, it's not as impactful as it should be. So I, I do think that they are very, very um, linked together in, in several ways. Interesting. No, I mean, that's a good point because it kind of gives context to the dashboard, I think. You know? Right, exactly. Um, it's certainly a lot more meaningful. And I like, you know, tracking, instead of tracking meeting time, tracking billable hours because that's, that is where the rubber meets the road, right? Right, yeah. Um, uh, what's fascinating for me is to to see business intelligence go from I wouldn't say obscure, like in two thousand five. So two thousand five, two thousand four, two thousand five. I used to work at this comp consulting company in Virginia, and he there there was a BI practice, and everybody it was very controversial at the time for that com company to kick off a practice just focused on BI. And a lot of people were like, I don't know how this is going to work out, right? Which is funny to say now. Right. But uh, what's interesting is, is that the guy got poached um, by Microsoft, and I ended up working for him when I rejoined Microsoft. Uh, so it's interesting to kind of see how it went from, gee, I don't know if this is going to be a thing, to you now you have small business owners coming to you and say, we want a dashboard. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, it's, it, cool. it's fascinating to kind of see how that has changed. And even you laughing when I said there were people that were like, I don't know if this is going to work out. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny now, but like at the time it was like, you know, I think it'll, I remember thinking like, I think it'll work out. Right. But I don't know how big it'll be. <laughs> right. 
be useful. It won't be a headline, but it's a headline now. Right, right. It's interesting how 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 that shift has happened. Um, so, what does it mean for a business, a small business? Like, what does it mean to be data driven in a small business? Does it inform decisions? Does it, you know, I would imagine it helps with cash flow. Does it make for more efficient organization? Like, what what needles does this move? Yeah, it's a good question. And every business is a little bit different. Um, it's, you know, pick your favorite buzzword, efficiency, um, you know, improvement, scalability, profitability, anything like that, innovation, something, whatever buzzword rings true for you, that's kind of the needle that it should be moving. And more often than not, it's profitability and it's seeing what worked, what didn't work, and how can we be more efficient uh, which will lead to profitability kind of thing. But profitability, efficiency, and scalability, I'd say, uh, and accountability would be the probably the fourth one that are all sort of the big buzzwords that data in small businesses is moving most and most frequently. And that's across most industries, if not all, um, will fall into probably one of those big four words. Um, but it's it's kind of whatever the business is looking to do, whatever the one big thing is, the data is going to help drive that, or at least it should be helping drive that one big thing. Interesting. Um, what's the biggest challenge for these small businesses? Mm. Like, not in, ter in terms of data, not necessarily in terms of right. other macroeconomic issues. <laughs> yeah, the recession is not in play here. Um, systems talking to each other is arguably the biggest one, um, which as, as data people, I think everybody's kind of, that's just a custom and we had to make a primary key and let this one talk to that one. And most small business owners don't, stuff they don't have that mindset. They just, they don't have the resources on their team to do that. And so if you want to compare, you know, uh, marketing activities to financial and the end goals to make kind of a marketing ROI. How do, you, how do you get those two things to talk to each other? And it's it's not always easy um, because they use different software for different things. You have to find some primary key or make one so that things can talk to each other. Um, and it's it's definitely not something that most software was built to do. They'll have a default so the default summary. It'll be okay, but business owner wants to see every software that they use combined into one thing. And I'd say. That is probably the biggest challenge that small businesses have for, from a data perspective. Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking it was probably around integration. Yeah. Which yeah. is essentially kind of the $10 word for what you just described, right? Yeah. Um, and I also wonder too, has that challenge with integration led to companies like Google, Microsoft, and even I think Oracle has something called NetSuite, which is kind of yes. this, this, this integrated solution. I can't but help think it's a coincidence, not a coincidence that all of these companies offer these kind of package solutions so all these disparate mechanisms can talk to one another because those are built to talk to one another. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I, a lot of them, a lot of them are starting to be better at combining two different or three different mm -hmm. software together. Um, if, if any software out there says, oh, we can, we can do everything in your business in one thing, probably can't, not yet. I mean, you probably need a custom solution, but that is the way that things are going. 
and the Zapiers of the world, Coupler, Stitch Data, whichever one is your favorite. Setting up event happening in system A, immediately add a data row in database B. Those things are great. They make, they kind of level the playing field quite a bit, which uh, is, is really, really important. And uh, so another, another pretty big advocate for is just, you don't have to make the creation. There's a good chance if it's popular software, somebody, some third parties already made that for you. And, and uh, it's pretty impactful. Interesting. You kind of also just described low code, no code tools. Yeah, exactly. Yep. In a very real way. Like, you know, if this happens, then do that. That's, mm -hmm. I guess that's also a driver too for the growth that they're seeing in that space for the same reason. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Most people don't want to do the coding, right? Right, right. We, once again, are in the minority of two right. Um All right. So, um, uh, we'll switch to the predefined questions, okay. uh, if you're ready. Yeah, let's do it. Um, how did you find your way into data? Did you find data or did data find you? I'm going to say that data found me. I, uh, I've always been sort of a math nerd and my, uh, my high school class, the teacher was out for like a week and I ended up teaching the class for a week because the substitute oh, wow. teacher didn't, you know, she wasn't a math person. And I was one of very few bad people in the class that actually loved it. And, um, I loved being able to help that class understand whatever algebra work you know, we were working on at the time or whatever it was. And um, that just taking something that I loved that most people didn't understand, that was kind of the passion. And then I got into the corporate world and realized, oh crap, that's data. That exact thing is data. And obviously that led me to dashboards too. So I think data kind of found me and met up with my, my passion. Interesting. Um, what's your favorite part of your current gig? I love running a small business and that comes with a lot of things. I love managing a small team. I love helping other people grow. I love connecting other small businesses. Um, I love going out and just networking and meeting people, controlling my own schedule, all this stuff I have immediately fell in love with um, for the small business life. and. Having that flexibility and the freedom is great. Being able to connect other small business owners and meet with them and just being able to help people both on my team and, and other uh, what we call referral partners um, and stuff like that is, is just super, super rewarding to me. That's interesting. I would imagine your business is very data-driven. Yes, quite. <laughs> <laughs> um, complete the sentence. When I'm not working, I enjoy blank. Uh, thinking about work, is that an option? <laughs> um, it is for me, uh, yeah. <laughs> much to my wife's chagrin. Right. It's, I mean, that is part of the hazard of being an entrepreneur, I suppose. But um, outside of working things, I've done quite a bit of travel uh, this year. With It's apparently my, my wedding year where everybody that I know is getting married and doing bachelor parties and stuff like that. And, uh, it is draining, but it's an absolute blast. So traveling seeing people that I've, I grew up in Connecticut, so I moved away from a lot of friends and being able to reconnect with them and travel and see them across the country is really, really fun. Oh, very cool, very cool. Uh, another complete this sentence. I think the coolest thing in technology today is? So this is a pretty biased answer and it's something very actually hit on, but I really think the coolest thing for me 
in my selfish little world of small business is those integrations that we we're talking about, the low code, no code of matching things up and making that data more accessible across platforms and, and sort of just the mindset that comes with it and the availability of data and people obviously need it because this is something that's filling a need. And I think that's, I think it's really cool because it's a sign of the entire world and the entire small business world that I, that I live in uh, becoming more data-driven. So again, pretty biased answer, but uh, <laughs> I do think it's fun. Uh, uh, our third and final complete the sentence. I look forward to the day when I can use technology to blank. This one kind of is a common uh, situation why technology is invented, but solving simple tasks, right? So I absolutely hate doing laundry. <laughs> <laughs> one day, and I and I'm not really into AI or machine. I don't. I'm not in that space very often, but eventually or iot i don't know i have no idea how but if some if some machine could fold my laundry for me oh my goodness that would be the coolest thing in the world <laughs> i i'm with you on that one because i'm as i'm folding laundry i'm like you know this could probably be done by a machine right i think it could <laughs> identify what's a shirt versus a pair of short versus socks i think that's pretty reasonable <laughs> if nothing else if it did the sorting which would probably be a lot easier that would yeah. go a long way. You just give it a big pile and it would just pick out an item, sort it that this is for, you know, the kid and this is for like you and it's for the one, you know what I mean? Like right. it just seems like, uh, or, you know, this is, this is the pile of shirts or, you know, this is the, you know, yeah. that would be yeah. totally it's seems doable. A stepping stone in the right direction for sure. Um, so share something different about yourself, although we'd like to remind you, we'd like to keep our clean iTunes rating. Um, this is sort of my quirky fun fact that, uh, do, you, do you switch majors in college? Uh, kind of. I, I originally went to college to be a chemical engineer, but I switched to computer science okay. first semester. So I don't know if that counts as switching because I didn't, I switched early on. Okay, gotcha. I, uh, I was the kid. I switched legitimately switched majors seventeen times. Wow! <laughs> and uh, I graduated in four years. They're all kind of related, but I ended up making up my own major. And Interesting. Yeah, it was kind of a cool program that I went to UConn and they they had it, and it was it was pretty neat and worked out worked out really well for me. So, do you mind me asking times. what is that major? Yes, it's called investment analysis. Interesting. It's basically, a combination of. Uh, business, actuarial science, math, finance, econ. Um, I think there's one other that I'm forgetting, but there's a bunch of so those. So it sounds like fintech. Sounds like it, or a quant degree. Probably it's a little that bit, was a term. Yeah, it's a little bit like that for sure. And I, you know, maybe more people have graduated that from UConn at this point or done something similar. But at the time, I was I was the first and only, which was cool. <laughs> that is cool. Well, you can imagine, like you know, somebody you know somebody at the university in a tweed suit, you know thinking, hmm, this, you know, using data to analyze financial, you know, kind of like this fintech thing might take off. Kind of like yeah. as funny, as funny sounding as like, you know, is the as BI did, yeah, as BI taking off. Right. Um, where can people learn more about uh, you and what you're doing? Sure. Yeah. So my, my website's probably the best spot. Um, and that is pineapple CF, uh, short for pineapple consulting firm.com. Got examples on there about us, stuff that we've done and won, and testimonials and all that fun stuff. And 
uh, ways to contact me are in there as well. Cool. Yeah. And um, Audible sponsors Data Driven. And um, if you do audiobooks, that's fine. If you can recommend a good book. Absolutely. And thank you, Audible, for sponsoring us. Um, this is actually a, a finance-related podcast that I was on, but it's called Profit First. And it was, it's a cool, or one's a, it's another really good podcast. It's much more financial, um, much more actually for like accountants and stuff like that, but they make it a lot of fun. And um, they have what I would call a fairly data-driven approach to financials and looking at the income statement kind of thing. So um, Profit First would be the book I recommend. Okay, very cool. And uh, if you go to thedatadrivenbook.com, uh, you will be routed to Audible and we'll get a, you get a free book and we get a pat on the back, basically. Helps us support the show. Uh, and then finally, any any last words? That sounds terrible. Any parting thoughts? Um, keep being data-driven, everybody. Make it, make cool. it visual and, and tie it to a business goal for all the small business owners out there. I couldn't have said it better myself. And with that, we'll let a nice British lady end the show. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. We have a favor to ask. Please rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to us. You have subscribed to us. Haven't you? Having high ratings and reviews helps us improve the quality of our show and rank us more favorably with the search algorithms. That means more people listen to us, spreading the joy. And can't the world use a little more joy these days? So, go do your part to make the world just a little better and be sure to rate and review the show.